Hey everyone, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world. There's no shortage of alarming national headlines with COVID counts and hospital surges. But what's happening close to home? How are Hilton Head Island and Bluffton faring? How many are hospitalized for COVID in our area and are they vaccinated? We want you to hear it not from the headlines, but from the source. That's why our president and CEO sat down with Dr. Jane Kelly of DHEC and Hilton Head Regional Healthcare's market CEO, Jeremy Clark, to talk about what's happening right here and right now when it comes to COVID. We asked your biggest questions about the pandemic in our area. Let's listen. We're fortunate to be sitting down today with South Carolina State epidemiologist, Dr. Jane Kelly. And Dr. Kelly has been a really our go-to resource here in the region uh, regarding COVID and and uh, for the last, I don't know, 12, 14, 15 months. And we're fortunate to have her back with us today and going to sit down and ask her some questions. Many of those questions are questions we've heard from from many of our members. And um, the first one that, that I thought we'd start off with, Dr. Kelly, first of all, hello, and we're glad you're with us again. I wish we were talking about something different, but uh, unfortunately, we're not. Thank you for inviting me. It's so important to get this information out. Well, we know that uh, we've heard a lot about the vaccine and, and all over the country. And tell us a little bit about where you see South Carolina being uh, with the vaccination and especially here in southern Beaufort County. Well, I do have some good news about vaccination, and that is that most of the people in the state who are age 65 and older are fully vaccinated. And that's why we've seen a decrease in the number of deaths. Vaccine is very effective for keeping people out of the hospital and out of the morgue. Unfortunately, we have a low level of vaccinations for other age groups. About 45 and a half percent of South Carolinians age 12 and up are fully vaccinated. And when I say fully vaccinated, I mean that if they got Pfizer or Moderna, that it's at least two weeks after their second dose, or if they got the Janssen vaccine, the Johnson Johnson vaccine, two weeks after that first dose. Now, I have to say Beaufort County is in a little better position overall in, you know, for those ages 12 and up. About 60 percent of people are fully vaccinated. We'd still like to get that a little higher, though. And I think the, the push we are doing now is to help people who are younger understand why it's so important that they be vaccinated as well. Dr. Kelly, I think that uh, hearing you say, and I think it's the first time I've heard you or other, anyone else say, uh, keeping people out of the hospitals and out of the morgue, uh, which is so important and, and uh, to realize that, that it can go further than the hospital. You know, there's been a lot in the newspaper lately with, about breakthrough cases, people misinterpreting that as, well, you mean if I get vaccinated, I might get COVID anyway. It's really important that people understand how vaccines work. You know, vaccines don't put up sort of a magic shield around you so that virus bounces off. People who do get vaccinated can also get the virus, but their immune system then responds quickly so that they don't get as severely ill. You know, the few breakthrough cases that we've seen are people who have had asymptomatic, you know, no symptoms or mild disease. The vast majority of people who are in the hospital, desperately ill or dying of COVID are people who are not fully vaccinated. 
It's August, and we all know what that means in South Carolina, besides it being a little bit warm. Um, but that's that uh, school's getting ready to start. And here in Beaufort County next week, school will be starting. And um, wanted to hear a little bit about what DHEC is recommending for uh, students, for teachers, for um, uh, staff as they all head back into the classrooms. You know, last year, schools did a really good job in preventing secondary spread of COVID-19. And those same mitigation measures, those same safety measures are important to use today. They last year before we had vaccine, those measures were wearing a mask, keeping distance, ventilation if possible, you know, having the kids if the weather is okay, eat lunch outside or do things out, have even have classes outside. Hand washing, sanitizing surfaces, all of those things do work. They made a big difference last year, but now we've got one other tool in our toolbox, and that is vaccine. Their Pfizer vaccine is approved for people age 12 and up, and I know they are working on studies right now for developing a, approval of a vaccine for kids younger than age 12. We're not there yet, but we can vaccinate around them. So again, I would emphasize anyone age 12 and up is eligible for vaccine. We strongly encourage vaccination for teachers, students, family members, community at large. That'll help keep schools safe. Talk a little bit about, if you would, why the Delta variant is so much more contagious and why it's infecting uh, younger people at the rate that it is. And it is indeed more contagious. There are several issues at hand with the Delta virus, Delta variant rather. One of them is that you get a higher viral load. That's a technical term, but I think people can understand it. It's the amount of virus that is in your upper respiratory system. And in fact, it's been estimated to be more than a thousand times higher. So you can imagine if you've got a huge amount of virus with the Delta variant, as opposed to the original variant or even some of the other ones, you can imagine that you would be more contagious by just that one thing. But there's more to it. The Delta variant also causes it is a shorter incubation period. By that, I mean the time from when you're exposed to when you turn contagious is shorter than with the other variants. So higher viral load means more virus in the air. Shorter incubation period means that pass off from one person to another goes faster and faster. So we're dealing with the Delta variant now. And then what you hear, know, see on, on the horizon uh, following that, that, that we need to be ready to uh, to deal with? Well, I think we can look at what has been the experience in other countries and in other states. You know, the Delta variant was not the predominant one in South Carolina until more recently. And if you look at sort of the curve of what's going on with cases, it really tells a story. Back in May, we were at a really low number of new cases. May 2021, just a couple of months ago, we were seeing fewer than 100 cases a day. Now, just yesterday, we had more than 4,000 cases in that one day. We haven't seen cases numbers that high since January of 2021. So we look at what happened in some of the other states, for example. Some of them right now, their hospital systems are overwhelmed with the Delta variant. And that Delta really has just become essentially 99 percent of the new cases in some of the other states. But if we look to other countries, England, India, 
where they had the Delta variant before us. It did the same thing, really burned through those countries. But then the number of cases started to go down. So I think we've not seen the worst yet, unfortunately. I think as kids go back to school, there's that increased chance of spreading in the school situation, uh, as we go in more indoors rather than outdoors, as, as people abandon wearing masks or dismiss the importance of wearing masks, I think things are going to get worse before they get better. They will get better if we can get more people vaccinated. So in terms of what's going to happen with the Delta variant, I think it will very soon be t- taking over as 99% of our new cases. How common are breakthrough cases in COVID uh, for those who are vaccinated and with the that are having the vast majority of those uh, who are asymptomatic? Yeah, not as common as the, the newspaper headlines might lead you to believe. More than 99% of the people hospitalized with COVID-19 are people who are fully vaccinated. They're not breakthrough cases. You know, same thing with 99.99% of the people who die are not people who were fully vaccinated. They're not the breakthrough cases. The vast majority of cases of the of new infections in South Carolina and the nation as a whole are not breakthrough. It's really a very small proportion that are breakthrough cases. So we're hearing about to boost or not to boost. And does the research show that that boosters will be needed for the vaccine? And if so, uh, what kind of time frame are we looking at? Let's talk about boosters in two ways. First of all, yes, just yesterday, just last night, the Food and Drug Administration expanded their authorization for emergency use of Pfizer and Moderna vaccine to cover a third dose for people who are immunocompromised. And by that, I mean people who have had a transplant, for example, kidney transplant or other transplant, or people who are on medications that suppress their immune system. That is being reviewed today by CDC, and they're going to have to work out some of the details around billing and coverage by Medicare, Medicaid, insurance companies. But that's very good news for those people who have immunocompromised, whose immune systems don't work as well. They need a booster. They need that third shot. And it's coming very soon. What about the general population? Does everybody else need a third shot right now? There is no evidence that if you are not immunocompromised, that you need a third shot. Remember, I was talking about breakthrough cases and saying they're rare, they occur, but they're rare. Most of those have been among people who are either immunocompromised or very elderly. Most of those people who've been hospitalized or who have died with a breakthrough case. And it's because their immune system is not 100 percent. And so the vaccine didn't take as well. What about the general population? Well, what we have seen both in laboratory tests and in epidemiological studies is that vaccines are still highly effective, including against the Delta variant. So right now, people in general do not need a booster dose. We know that antibody levels naturally start to come down with time. So if you're reading reports about, oh, I thought your antibody levels drop off at six or eight months, they do. They're supposed to. That would be normal. 
there are other components in your immune system that take over. You have memory cells, T cells and B cells that literally remember what the virus looks like. And they step up to the plate to produce more antibodies if they're re-exposed. So it is normal for your antibody levels to go down a little bit. They don't go to zero. They're still protected. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. Things may change in the future. So it may be that there'll be boosters in the future. Uh, boosters either because the virus mutates yet again, and we have a different variant that maybe the original vaccines don't cover, or that it, we may find that just like you get a flu shot every year, you, you need a little different flu shot every year. We might need a little different COVID shot every year. That remains to be seen. Only time will tell with that. How about the elderly? Are there still risk uh, for them, even if they have been vaccinated? Yes, because your immune system naturally starts to be less robust, less rigorous with age, even if you don't have other medical problems. That's why people older than 65, we paid special attention to back in the beginning of the year, making sure that they got vaccinated. Because it's true, your immunity, your ability to fight off infectious diseases decreases with increasing age. Uh, our recommendation for people who are very elderly is that even if you're fully vaccinated, to still play it safe. Wear a mask, keep your distance, avoid, excuse me, wear, wear a mask, keep your distance, avoid crowded indoor settings. In fact, our recommendation right now with the Delta variant circulating so rapidly is that everyone consider wearing a mask in indoor settings. I wear a mask when I'm in an indoor crowded setting going into a store. I'm fully vaccinated, but I want to make sure that I am not spreading the virus, that I don't pick up the virus as an asymptomatic infection and manage to spread that to other people. What do you think the, the time frame is that the uh, vaccines will be fully approved by the FDA? You know, it looks like that at least Pfizer vaccine will be approved by the FDA within the next few weeks. You know, both Pfizer and Moderna have submitted their paperwork for final approval. Uh, and I think those studies have looked very, very good. So I, I believe that will happen in the next few weeks. Janssen, it's going to take a little bit longer. They're still gathering some data. Uh, hopefully there's not another variant or something coming that, that the reason why your phone's ringing, but uh, we, <laughs> we know you're a, a very, very busy person and very important to the health of all South Carolinians. And uh, we just thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to be with us again and answer some of the questions for our, our uh, residents and visitors. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Jeremy, we're hearing all around the country that, uh, once again, hospitals are starting to reach capacity. And uh, let's narrow that down a little bit more into South Carolina and what you're hearing, but also even even more narrow, and that's uh, locally here in, on Hilton Head Island and in Bluffton. Sure. Well, um, Bill, thanks for having me. Um, you're right. We are starting to see some capacity issues across the state. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, as of this morning, our two hospitals, Hilton Head Hospital and Coastal Carolina Hospital, have a total of 23 uh, COVID positive patients in-house with eight of those being in the ICU. Um, that's not as high as it was back in uh, January or even June and July of last year. Uh, so those numbers are, are still below that, uh, but they do present challenges. But uh, overall, I'm really proud of my team 
and, and how we're managing through it so far and, and everything they're doing to, to take care of these patients and also the many other patients in our in our care that do not have COVID. So of those who are hospitalized, uh, you know, the per- percentage of those who uh, who aren't vaccinated. Yeah, great question. So right now, at least here locally, about 60 percent of those who are hospitalized are not vaccinated. And these unvaccinated individuals tend to be younger and and sometimes otherwise generally healthy. That's what's that's what's so concerning about this and why we encourage everyone to get the vaccine. Uh, Getting the vaccine is the number one thing that you can do to keep yourself safe, to keep your family safe, to keep your coworkers safe. Um, The vaccine has been proven to be safe. It's been proven to uh, significantly reduce the chances of serious illness, of hospitalization and death. Um, You can test positive for COVID after you get the vaccine, but if you do, your symptoms are much milder. This is really uh, what we're seeing is people who get the vaccine, um, by and large, have a lot lower chance of getting really seriously ill and being hospitalized. Jeremy, you talked a little bit before that about uh, treating other patients in your hospital besides those uh, suffering from COVID. And with that said, what, what are the visitation policies currently at the hospital? Uh, right. So um, right now in our ERs, in our emergency departments, um, we are not allowing visitors. Just given the acuity of the patients on those units, given the um, given the the way the staff interacts with the patients, we are not allowing visitors there. In our mother and baby, our OB units, we are allowing one visitor uh, to accompany the uh, the mom uh, in those units. And then right now, uh, we have not changed our visitation policy for outpatients and for other admitted patients. That is something that we're evaluating uh, uh, as the situation kind of develops. You you had mentioned a little bit about the, your staff and uh, knowing that um, we're right back in this again. What's the where are they mentally on this and and as well as as well as um, uh, just feeling overall um, able to to deal with the situation once again. You know, Bill, our staff are awesome uh, and, and they have been since long before uh, COVID was around, but they've been dealing with this now for over a year. And I'll tell you, it's it's uh, disheartening to see, you know, otherwise healthy people who could have been vaccinated and chose not to end up dying of this disease. So so we just continue to reiterate and encourage everyone, please get the vaccine. It is it is the number one thing you can do to keep yourself safe. And it will seriously, it will significantly reduce the uh, odds of serious illness, hospitalization and death. So please encourage everyone, you know, to get that vaccine. And so those who haven't gotten it yet, but are seriously considering it, and hopefully they are, uh, what's the best way for them to go about getting vaccinated? Well, they're in luck. There are a lot of great vaccine providers in our community. So they, they can go to vaccines.gov. Uh, it's a national website, but it's very easy to use. You plug in your zip code and you're going to have lots of vaccine providers, uh, different pharmacies, local pharmacies like Burks, uh, who's done a great job from the beginning of this. But you'll have lots of different options on where you can go, where you can get your vaccine. And, uh, and, and the pharmacies are doing a great job of getting that vaccine out to people. I remember many months ago during one of our conversations that you had talked about having to suspend elective surgeries. Is that uh, are you still are you still doing elective surgeries now? 
We are. Uh, we are. We're fortunate. We've got a great group of surgeons who we're working very closely with. Um, right now, we have not suspended elective surgeries. We are still performing elective surgeries. Um, however, as as our situation adapts, as our situation changes, we will adapt our operations so that we can continue to provide uh, high quality safe care to all of our patients. So, again, we've got a great group of surgeons that we work with who have been understanding uh, from the very beginning. So we know that if we need to make changes in the future, we know that they're going to be supportive of it. I know that uh, if I was going to ask you what your two top recommendations are, the, the first one's going to be get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And what would your, your second piece of advice be? You know, I would ask I would ask that people, you know, try to go back and remember all the things we did to keep ourselves safe before there was a vaccine. Right. Um, things like wearing a mask, things like washing your hands, things like keeping keeping distance, a good social distance, um, meeting outdoors when you can. Um, all of the, if you're indoors, uh, seeing if there's good ventilation. These were all great techniques that that we used before when there was no vaccine. And, um, you know, now that we have the vaccine, we should we should really should. Uh, look at continuing to do a lot of those other tactics, which have been proven to uh, to be uh, successful. Jeremy, thanks for giving a quick update to us today. And uh, please, on behalf of the chamber, as well as the, the community and residents, please let uh, your your staff know how much that we all appreciate them uh, before COVID, during COVID and, and where we are today. But you've got a terrific group there, as you know, and just please let them know of the, the community support and appreciation of what they're doing. Thank you, Bill. That, that means a lot. And I certainly will pass that along. They're doing a great job and, uh, and are going to keep doing a great job. So thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll have another update soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber Five Questions with podcast. We encourage you to tune in for future episodes. We're going to be talking with more thought leaders from throughout the Lowcountry. Wherever you subscribe to your podcast now, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, that's where you'll find your chamber. So tune in for future shows and future podcasts with the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber.